Um, it's very interesting how the Lord gets so much ready for all of us before we have something start, like a series called Money Rescue. And we had part one from Pastor Eric of Call to Generosity, part two from you today. And I'm not kidding, it flows right into what? We got two intros for the last two weeks for what is coming for this sermon. Um, as you can see, the series beginning today is called Money Rescue, and it has been a difficult subject, you know, to kind of talk about when you're dealing with people. Money, money and time, I think, can be tricky. There's some there's a reason why the Lord identifies where your treasure is, so your heart is, so it can get a little touchy, and we're not supposed to be afraid to encourage and challenge if we need to ourselves and one another. So this has taken some bravery on my part to bring this before you, but I'm going to do it counting on the Lord to do what he wants to do. So the first title, the first week, is God's Got This. So let's hear everybody say it. Ready? One, two, three. God's Got This. All right. So there are going to be a few times where I am going to ask you to say that throughout the rest of this sermon. And we will say it together because, because what? Because God's got this, yes. So I know we don't want to be a church that is ignorant of what's going on in the world. It affects our lives, what we're bringing into this place, what we're bringing into our relationships, talking to people. We're asking how they're doing, and they're ready to be honest because a lot of us have been pushed to the brink. We've been pushed to anxiety and worry and stress and for people that aren't rolling it over to the Lord, which is hard to do when you are in it over and over and over, you didn't meet the bills over and over and over, people are starting to just tell it like it is and say, I don't have enough this week. I don't have enough. I, I were, this is the kind of food. This is whatever. The, the song for Jaira today, I... I know it's a long one, but sometimes you just have to pour something out as far as if he watches the sparrows, how much more does he love us? How much more will he take care of our food and our clothing, our necessities? Because who's got this? God's got this. We're going to keep saying that today. In order for us to believe God's got this, we need to know who he is. And it can get, when you're reading your Bible and you're reading all these different plans and Bible studies, it can be really good to refresh, who is God right now in this season of my life? When you're going through high school and things, right now you need God to be the, your identity. Like I need help with who I am and who I'm called to be. Then you become married, you go through all sorts of life transitions and there's different perspectives and facets of who God is. 
and who he wants to show you who he is so that you can bring that to your story when you're telling people this week who God is while we're going through money rescue and God's got this. He is an unfailing provider. His character is the key to our peace of mind. When I know when I get thrown, like either my plans go awry or you get an unexpected bill and you were banking, banking on that money to go to a fun thing or a desired thing or something, and all of a sudden you're like, uh, and me, the way I am wired, I worry. It's just, I, like, you don't want to, you don't, you pray and you read the Bible and it's like, I'm not supposed to do that, but that's my, it's my humanity. It just wants to, uh, my error and all the things get sucked out of the room and I'm like, but, but, and he's still an unfailing provider. In Psalm 23, 1, we're reminded God is the source of all we need. It says, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I will always have everything I need. Those are very big words. Always and everything. I mean, that's kind of bold of David to say that how long ago and for it to apparently apply to right now because the Holy Spirit made sure we were going to read that on November 5th at 10.39 a.m. Always and everything. And as much as my reflex wants to say, oh, he's going to give us all the peace and all of the, you know, love and that. Right now, we're talking about money. We're talking about provision. We're talking about needs, necessities. He will always provide everything. I know a lot of times, depending on your story and where you've come through as far as where things have come from and how you've had your needs met, you can look at God being all the provi your provider and everything, but some people, you know, it's the bank. They're calling their bank. They're looking up on the bank, and they're getting on their bank app, and da-da-da-da-da, and how do I do this? And there's nothing wrong with that as long as you know who's in charge of the bank, right? Who's really going to work that out? Sometimes it can be your boss. That's who's signing your check. So it's like, okay, I need to go to my boss when I have an issue with my finances, and your boss is like, I am not your mother, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know, you're in charge of your money. And then you even have even your loved ones who want to save you as much as they love you, and they may have the ability to do that. It's, are we saying, I look to the bank, capital B. Are we looking to our boss, capital B? Are we looking to our loved ones with capital letters, or are we saying, the Lord 
is going to work through those things. They aren't the answer. The Lord is my provider. And when we know those things can change so quickly. Have, have not, I mean, haven't we seen banks and jobs and all these things? They change like that. I'm watching real estate stuff, and they're like, in two weeks, interest rates and all these things. It's just unprecedented. And then it's like, well, where is my security? Is it in something that changes? Is it in the fluctuating? Is it in something that is emotional or at the mercy of the elements and where does security come from unchanging unfailing security there are so many people out there that have no idea none and you see them you see you can see it on them walking in Walmart, walking down the street, like you can just see them and you're like, I know, I know what that is. We've all kind of been through it because I don't know about, we're human. We live in a world where we need things. I mean, it's inevitable, but it's where it comes from. And it's just the hopelessness can start it's starting to get closer in our circles, I feel like, and knowing how to come across, I know a security that will never fail for you. And I'm not talking about the, as faithful as he is, I'm not talking about all these things that you get to enjoy by being a child of God, like the freedom and all this stuff. We're talking about money. Money, provision, it's, I've, it's like I want to declare it over and over in this house because we're not scared to say it. It's the money. It's our, what we have to spend when things don't meet. The Lord will provide because God's got this. One more time. God's got this. Another thing that um, I kind of have a hard time I don't, there's a reason why the Lord, I feel, gives us specific verses that we love to go to. Like there's the what your life verse or the one that you always open your Bible to and it's right there. And it's, for me, it's Psalm 37, 4. He will give you the desires of your heart as long as you keep, keep him first, all the things, okay? And what's interesting is I actually have a hard time asking for the desires, I have a really good time, really easy way of being like, Lord, provide for our food. You know, the needs. I know that. But then it's desires, and it's like, that's extra. You know, going to the beach, maybe staying actually overnight, being able to afford that. It's like, that's money. Lord, you know. But I know you'll provide our food. But I would really also like this. And there is, is there I love the song, Nothing is Impossible, and how we were singing that. And I'm thinking of what's coming up in this sermon. And financially, there's nothing he can't provide. That's like an always and everything. There is nothing. Philippians 4.19, my God will meet 
all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Life is filled with so many needs. We have a lot of very important needs as humans. The amazing thing is that God can be, can absolutely, an absolute, absolutely provide for each one. Paul said he'll meet all your needs. David said, I'll lack nothing. That means... God's got this. Yes, he does. <laughs> In Ephesians 3.20, it says, God can do anything far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. I love the message, man. Also, we can rest in God's provision. It is so easy to get caught up in the hustle. Oh my goodness. I am one of those people I feel like I have to be doing. Doing, doing, doing. I, Martha, like, Lord. I mean, she was doing, she was doing good things. Good, th like side hustle, trying to be a good steward of your time, being a good steward of um, being a Proverbs 31. She raises, she gets up early in the morning and makes all the things and gets to the market and sells everything. I'm like, that sounds like a whole lot of busy. And now you're telling me to rest. And it says, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. I'm sorry, but I hear... Don't you worry about a thing. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace. There's a promise there which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. God doesn't want us to worry. I mean, when we worry... I feel like we wear it. There's something super evident when you're worrying. I get pinched eyebrows or things happen with our faces and it's like, are you okay? And, it's, and then even our shoulders slump or we start hunching over and all of a sudden we're walking around with this stature of burdened. And man, haven't we read over and over I mean, I'm challenging myself, cast your cares, roll it over, and he's got, God's got this. However many times it takes to start straightening that out, your language, I mean, you start, you don't use um, if as much, you start using when. You stop using should, I should have, and you start saying things like I will. 
I love when songs and things in the Bible, they say, I will, or I, the commands, it just makes it so clear of how we're supposed to do this thing. And that means if he put it in there that way, we can do it that way. We can. It takes practice. It takes repetitiveness. He knows how many times we need to do something before it becomes a habit. He knows us. So he's put, do not fear, 365 times in the Bible. I mean, he knows us. He knew what our calendar would look like to be able to have that in there. How many more things has he set us up when it comes to worry and anxiety about money and provision. Rest. It's the same amount of letters as trust. That place of rest and confidence is a real place in God. You can get there and here's how. How do you have endless assurance of provision? Let's write these things down. Number one, we can know God's got this when we put him first. Matthew 6, 31 through 33 Therefore, do not be anxious. It tells us right there, do not be anxious. So we can do it. Saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be, will be added to you. There's such a big quote right here that made me stop and make it really big so I would not miss to say this. And it challenged me. That worry, that insecurity, that when things don't go my way or the expense or that bill's bigger than I anticipated it for it to be, any area that God is not first is where we will feel the most insecurity and fear. I'll say it again. Any area that God is not first is where we will feel the most insecurity and fear. What are we worried about? It's not a condemnation. It is a reflection. It's a, where am I really at so I can get to the rest, so I can get to the trust. Lord, shine your light. Where am I worried? Where I haven't surrendered all. Man, I'm human. He knew that that would happen. He knew, and he put all these things in here to help us. He put us in church so we could talk about things and be encouraged and challenged and be like, that's why I've started 
needing to take this medication. I am tripping out. I can't sleep or whatever it is. It's like, I, I'm so worried about things. I'm, I'm anxious. What is it, Lord? And you take a minute. And he's so good that he will bring something up. He will because he wants to help. He wants us to live free. So he will. Worry is the clearest sign that we have not put first, put God first in our lives. Ay, ay, ay. I mean, it's truth. And truth will set us free. I know for me, I, <laughs> when my husband, he is, I mean, jack of all trades, auto, mechanical, engineer, he knows. So in, I don't. <laughs> I am worship and music and take care of the house, and I love all that stuff, sermon, getting the Bible. So when he comes to me and says something about our car needing a part, my reflex is to whatever, I don't know, I, it gets very home improvement, the phalange. I don't know what that is. So <laughs> he brings me this thing. He brings me the, the name of this thing. I don't know what it is. And automatic, he's like, we need to replace this. And I, in my head, I see $5,000 every time because I don't know what it is. And so automatically, he knows what my face does. And I'm just like, or I put in an Amazon order yesterday, and he's like, and it was this much. And I'm like, and he's like, but I've got it covered with da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, okay, did you see that on my face? And that's where my worry like, even just for that split second, it's like, ah, 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 that, that moment, have I really laid that down? Apparently not. Lord, that was a need. You will provide. You will. You, every and always, he will provide. Oh my goodness, thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 3, 10, 9 through 10. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your health. No. Honor the Lord with your time. No. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first and best part of your income. Then your barns, your bank accounts, your retirement plans, all of it will be full and your vats will stay right here. Stay right at the top. They will overflow with fresh wine. Man, I love visuals. Barns and wine, food and drink, and not just like 
that barn that he's talking about, you've got livestock. You've got livelihood. That wine, it's not just water. It's wine. It tastes good. You know, like he didn't just say purified water will overflow. He picked something that had flavor to it. Flavor in our lives will overflow. Our barns will be full. Number two, we can know God's got this when we give him our worries. First Peter 5, 7, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. When I hear words like cares, he desires for us, they, like they, there's more of an affection there. He's not just some out there in the great beyond God. I, we, we have so many grown things we've grown up with and pictures we've grown up with about God, and sometimes it can see, seem very disconnected from our world. And depending on our even relationships, those every kind of relationship is a version of how the Lord is, a friend, a brother, a father, all of those things. And if we get those a little off, sometimes we hear, we hear a word, for he cares about me? Really? He cares enough to provide for me. To have things given to me that I thought I was, was going to have to go without. I put out there, Lord, I need, I need something for dinner. I have no idea. I'm thinking 20 bucks. Just get, I just want to find a $20 bill on the ground. And next thing you know, a feast is laid at your door. Door dash. Anonymous what? I mean... It's incredible, and so more than you ask, think, or imagine. I mean, he's, he cares. He cares, and how much he cares is he didn't, it doesn't say on the order of DoorDash, on their side, it doesn't say God put the order in. He used. He gave us so that we could give. And it's this whole way of glorifying him. What are you worried about? This is a very interesting study. Oh, boy. 40% of our worries never happen. 30% are concerned with the past. So what difference does that make? 12% of our worries are needless health concerns, aches and pains that never became serious issues, just worrying about it, just the worry. 10% of our worries are insignificant and will never become major issues. A whopping 8% of our worries are actual, legitimate concerns. And out of those concerns, how much did worrying help? I 
have a really hard time. I mean, you're looking at a woman family that had seven years of trying to have babies, right? We have our testimony about all that. And I have a really hard time when people try to sell me on, I'm a mom, so worrying is my job. I just, oh, I don't, like you want to, you want to be tempted to have that right. Like I bore you into this world, I have a right to know, and I have a right to da 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 da, where are you at, where are you at, all these things up all night. It's like a badge of honor sometimes when we think about what we're, it's a righteous thing, it's a worthy thing to be concerned about, but the worry, the, I always had a problem with that part of it. And then we had our girls, and it's like, okay, I get, I get where you're coming from. However, it's like this whole thing, the worry, it was like, I just feel like if I'm doing that, something isn't right. I don't feel right about that. I'm not giving it the right place in all the world and the way the Lord wants it. And then you do a baby dedication and it's like, oh, you have them. Okay, I am to do my part, like our money and the talents. And I knew, I thought I knew what kind of person you were, so I buried it. I suffocated it. I didn't let it get any light. Here it is, and that didn't go so well for that person. Then you've got when you made room for the Lord to work and what that did for that, those people with those talents. Man, did it move. It multiplied. Like our money, like our provision, like when we have people growing out of clothes and they're nice clothes and we can be like, I can bless you with these clothes because you've got little ones too and everybody is giving out of how much the Lord has provided for us. The New Testament word for worry. To be pulled in another direction. Okay, that sounds not too violent, right? Pulled in another. It's like, okay, I can picture that. Worry, I'm pulling. Okay, the next part of that, to strangle, to choke. Ay, 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 again. And that reminded me of when, he, when Eric would bring me a need and I wouldn't, out of my ignorance, it would, it would be like the air sucked out of the room. And even if it was that amount, even if it was $5,000, I should have been, I hate that word should, but I should have been like, the Lord will provide it. Lord, I need to get my reflex down. I need that. You will provide it. I don't have to freak out over a number. It's just a number to you. To own cattle on a thousand hills, 5,000? When we're faced with the medical bills, it's more than 5,000 sometimes. And it's like, 
you have your plan, you have the way that you have, you're planning on doing it, you're paying it off or whatever it is, and then you can say, even planning for service, we've got our plan, but God, you do it. You show up in all of these details. You show up in the anesthesiologist thing and this thing and the recovery and the physical therapy. You show up. You see these dollars. You show up. You see the PG&E. You see the gas getting turned on. You see it. And I give it. Make a way, Lord. You will make a way. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number three. We can know God's got this when we rest in his provision. Psalm 84, 10 through 12, the Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy for those who trust in you. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. I think of a shepherd. I get, you all know, I am very visual. So I see a shepherd and I see these sheep. Man, they don't, they don't even, once they've established that relationship, that shepherd is there for them. He's sleeping with them. He's holding them. He's defending for them. He's got uh, he's got um, borders around them. He something comes and he's taking care of business and killing that thing that wants to come and harm his sheep. Those sheep do not second guess following. They see him go to this place and they're just like, go to that place. Here we go. Once in a while, you have one that goes astray and he will, as good as he is, leave. And those sheep know, okay, he'll be back. And he takes and he gets the one. But man, when I think of a shepherd, he provides. He's so good. He's so present. You know, like, I just think how immeasurable he sees us. Yeah, he clothes the lilies and he provides for the sparrows. He watches over the sheep. And even then, they are still not us. And how much more? Will he provide? And the evidence of knowing that we trust him is our ability to rest when there is a need, when there's something weighing on you. And it's right, it's 
right, there's a burden. Like you love your people, they're in need, or you need food in the fridge, or all of these things, the lights, so you've got the notice, the 24-hour notice from PG&E, and it's like, it is rightly so a, a concern. But there's this place of trust. God, I've done all I know to do. You have to have this. I will stop scratching and scrambling and going crazy trying to get it done out of worry. Not just doing what you know to do. That's being faithful with what the Lord's abilities and gifts he's given you. But I'm talking about that. That one, it's out of balance. It's, I am freaking out. And we all know ourselves and when we're doing that. And then it's just like, when we are able, I don't even know if we know that it's happening. For me, when I know that I have began to rest and began to really trust him, it's like, it's like quiet doesn't irritate me. It's interesting. Like, I don't need the worship music on quite as loud to get all the thoughts out. Or I don't need to be on the phone with somebody. Or all of a sudden, it's like... And sometimes it only needs a minute, you know? And that multiplies so much in our hearts and our minds when it happens. And the Lord's like, I've got it. So why do we have needs in the first place? God allows need to touch our lives so we'll know who he is, come to him, and allow him to provide. God wants us to know him and trust him, and the only way that can happen is if we experience his provision of our needs. God is constantly teaching us to trust and obey, then rest in him. In Psalm 50, 15, it says, I want you to trust me in your times of trouble so I can rescue you and you can give me glory. Right now, I am going to pass out these cards because we are going to put something into practice. And you guys know how much I love practicing. Yes, that would be wonderful. I love when we get to practice. So these cards are going to be 
handed out to you guys. And there is a pen. If you don't have one, there's one in the back pocket of your chair. And we're just going to take a minute and let this get... I'd, I, you know, Eric and I, this is our official third Sunday of being campus pastors, and I never just want to teach. I don't want to just do that. I want the Holy Spirit to come and do something that shifts something in my life, being the one speaking, but I want it to be about experiencing him so that we can go through this life a little freer, giving the glory to, to the Lord so that we can grow this family, whether it's this family or kingdom family. So today, let's close our eyes. I'm going to ask you a question. What is the greatest need you have in your life financially right now? It could be for you personally. It could be for someone that you know of. And you can write it on that card. When I have a worry, and I know I've talked about these split-second worries, but when there is a weight that I have, there is something so significant when I find a minute to, out of my mouth, say, God, I surrender, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's almost like confession, you know, like you're confessing something to the Lord. And then there's this ease. There's that moment I gave it to him. The trick is to not go back and take it back. But something that we are believing, that we are worried about. The solution came from Peter, what to do with these. And he said to give it to God. Get my, I need a pen. Jesus. Like, where's, I'm not, I live in this world. Let's see. I want you to hold that in front of you so the words are facing you. It doesn't have to be big, just right here. And then, if you can, stand. And 
And this is not just a platform as it has been. We are opening the altar for you to lay your burdens down and surrender. So if you will join me, let us surrender and trust right now. You can come up and lay them right here, face down if you want. Thank you, Jesus. This isn't just a fun exercise, these main things. I know these cards is a representation of our lives. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I feel like this is another form of offering. As much as praise and worship is fragrant to the Lord and giving our, during our call to generosity is fragrant to the Lord, this is identifying, I will trust you, Lord. And he's not the kind of God that is saying, you should have given this to me. You should have. If only you wouldn't have had to deal with. He is not doing that. He is saying, thank you. And now I get to show you. Lord, we lay these things before you now, each one of us, and we choose to believe in an unfailing God that wants to do all, everything, will withhold nothing kind of God. And we will declare when things get all up in our faces and we want to start doing what we always do, we will say, God's got this. And I'm going to hear, I'm going to hear Chris. I'm going to hear Eric. I'm going to hear every single one. I'm going to hear Marsha. I'm going to hear Mandy. I'm going to hear them cheerleading me, with me when I say it. I'm going to say, God's got this. I'm going to hear you all. God, I pray for an amazing story. Each one of us will have an amazing story. Bless every bank account. Bless every barn and vat. 
every account number, whatever type of account it is, Lord, the PG&E account number, the Xfinity account number, the cell phone account number, Lord, bless it. Rebates, coupons, I don't care what it looks like, God. I'm going to say, God, you gave me this. You've got this. This is evidence of my faith and believing and being able to rest. Thank you, God, for caring, for shepherding, for being so faithful. Show us, Lord, if there's any areas we invite you we trust you to show us, and you will show how good you are one more time. Bless the rest of our day. If we can, help us do an anonymous DoorDash if we want to. <laughs> God, as the Israelites, they wandered and their clothes did not wither, Lord. I pray for those kind of miracles, too. Our cars, all of it. You care, Lord. Bless the rest of our day, Lord. Keep us safe. Keep us ready to share. Keep our countenance, Lord. Help us look up. Bless our food so that we can go ahead and eat when we get there. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our Gateway Sermon podcast at our Gateway City Church, Clovis Campus. We'll be releasing a new episode every week, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next week.